over another for a portion of history, you couldn't be more mistaken. Because he is always utilizing the entire redemptive story to demonstrate himself to all siblings in the story. Watch. Now it gets cool. So, in this way, all Israel will be saved. And you see there the deliverance, not of an ethnic nation from other nations, but the deliverance of humanity from sin. Do you see that? So I I love this quote because he's going, the Messiah didn't come to save Israel from Rome. The Messiah came to save his people from sin and death. Okay. Verse 28. Oh my goodness. Buckle up. This is unreal. As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gift and the calling of God are irrevocable. What on earth does that mean? As regards to the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as regards to election, they are beloved by God for the sake of their forefathers, right? Oh, because God's promises are irrevocable. What does that mean? Okay, we're back in Romans chapter 9 and 10 now. You remember what I told you about Romans chapter 9 and 10? Romans chapter 9 was God's part in the story, a part we can hardly conceive, a part we can hardly understand, a part we can hardly uh, even, uh, even grasp in any way, but it is a part we ought to know because it gives us the security that the story is not in our hands, it's in his hands, right? So he takes chapter 9 and he goes, <laughs> who are you, O oh man? The clay, and who am I? The potter, and the potter does what he wants with the clay, and he's doing just fine with the clay, so stop trying to figure out what I'm up to. I am developing this redemptive story the way I want, and I am choosing as I see fit because I am good and righteous, and I am the one who can. That was our portion of dictator, right? Dictator God, how dare he be? Oh no, oh no. He is the absolute essence of, of rightness and goodness and justice and mercy and grace. He has absolutely every reason to be the one writing the story. Romans 9. It's what's behind the curtain. Just know while you're doing your thing, going about your business, expressing your faith, sharing the gospel with people, don't feel the weightiness of producing the story because know that God is already at work under the hood in the engine. You're just pushing gas pedals and brakes and steering wheels. And the reason Romans chapter 9 exists, I mean chapter 10 exists, is because God doesn't do it without you. He invites you to be a participant not only in your own salvation and in your own sanctification, but also in the salvation and sanctification of others. In other words, wherever the redemptive story is at work, you get to play a part. You shouldn't. I shouldn't, but we do. How gracious is our God that he not only rescues us in being recipients of his grace and mercy and redemption, but he allows us the purpose of being restored to being participants in making him known as we know him by carrying the gospel into the world and by working diligently on our own sanctification. But will God finish every story he begins? Yes. Will he make all things new? Yes. Will he finish the redemptive story as it ought to be? Yes. So while you participate, should you be afraid? No. Fearless in our journey. Fearless in watching sin defeated in us, even though sometimes we feel like sin is defeating us. Fearless in carrying the gospel, even though we may be rejected by the world. 
because we are not the ones producing the wonder of redemption. He is, but we are the ones participating. Okay, so that was Romans 10. You get to participate. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you will be saved. You see, there is a tangible participation here. But Romans 9 just said, but, but he's at work doing the saving. Yes and yes. Yes and yes. He's at work behind the curtain. 